Welcome to another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collard here and live and in person in Minnesota. Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. This, this feels great, Eric, to do a podcast with you in person for the first time. I think that you and I have been together in person for this since maybe the 2019 Combine or 2020 Combine. Must have been was the last time we actually got together like this. I feel like we did a podcast at the 2020 Combine on a bench in the middle of yes. those two, uh, the, the JW Marriott and, and the other uh, hotel there. That was that was pretty fun. Those were wild time. We were only a month away from everything, and now we're back. Right, back. right. And uh, that was one also where like Sage and I would have to find a random space. It's so hard to find any place to actually get like quiet because there are just thousands of people wandering through these halls. And then if it is quiet, it's like, well, something important must be going on near us. Yeah. So we're just broadcasting really loudly to every person who's walking by. So, you know, the GM of the Seahawks is just like, oh, what, what are you guys, you know, what are you guys doing? <laughs> yelling loudly on a bench in this convention center i gotta say the funniest part my my favorite combine moments 2019 i was on the escalator i think i might even no i wasn't talking to you i was talking to somebody else but i was ripping the vikings offense a new one and i turn around and like two stairs up was like john d filippo who was obviously the author of that offense for much of the year and yeah, that, that was uh, interesting. You got to you got to watch what you say sort of at that at, at that place. Yeah, that's right. That's funny that, um, it, you know, it, it's always like that to go to certain places and run into people that you have blatantly criticized. <laughs> yes. Just sometimes if they're with the Vikings and I know them already, it's like, what's up? You know, <laughs> yeah. how are you? Uh, but usually usually everybody's cool um, at that point. Like everyone's kind of chill at the combine. Um, so anyway, but that is the last time that you and I were together in person. So we're here again. We're very happy about it. We're going to a Lynx game after we record this. So exciting times. Um, and because it's 90 degrees and it's OTAs and it's it's the season to maybe kick our feet up a little bit and have some fun. I invented uh, a game for this podcast that I want to call Talk Me Into It. So we've got a bunch of statements or opinions or just you know whatever it is about all over the league but we'll we'll connect them to the minnesota vikings too i'll present one to you and you have to try to talk me into it you present one to me i have to try to talk you into it that's the game okay so i'm just gonna start it off to make the game clear of how we're doing it talk me into the minnesota vikings offensive line being good this year and the, and the and the thing is the rules of the game are you have to, you do, have it. to do it. You yeah. have to do it. You have to talk me into it. So even if you don't believe it, you can address that along the way, but you have to talk me into it because I get this question all the time about the Vikings offensive line and I was talking with Renner about it the other day and just I'm just a little skeptical that Wyatt Davis, Christian Darisaw, Ezra Cleveland, these unproven commodities will instantly be much better than they were last year. Uh, even if you know one of those players is probably going to be better than Dakota Dozier, so you have to talk me into it that the Vikings' offensive line will be much better. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, well, I'll, look, I'm going to call balls and strikes a little bit here. I had with in my projection system, I was showing you over here, Christian Darrisaw was actually a top. You know, let's just put it this way: he was closer to Panay Sewell and Rashawn Slater than the market and what ended up being the draft order suggested. So I think he'll be good. Um, Riley reef was actually fairly good last year. He gave up one sack. He was, you know, in, in a, he gave up a good pressure rate. Um, I think a lot of that is Kubiak who, you know, is no longer there. His son's now the OC, but you know, some guys hit the ground running. Tristan Wirfs last year, Super Bowl winning right tackle for Tampa Bay right off of being drafted. So he's good. Wyatt Davis is again, a guard who we've graded really well. Um, all the linemen in this draft though, you know, shorter arms, you know, that's an issue uh, in, in, and I think in his case might have been um, one of the reasons he fell to Minnesota. Um, no, actually not, not so bad there for a guard, but so, and Ezra Cleveland last year was in me and PFF George's first round mock draft. Um, who, so I, I regard him well, relatively highly. So um, those three guys are guys that I, I liked coming out of college. Um and, you know, Garrett Bradbury's not somebody I like coming out of college. I don't think he's graded well. But obviously, you know, the research from my group says that offensive linemen progress well. So if you get progression from Brian O'Neill from good to elite, 
Bradbury from not so good to average, and you get average play from these three linemen, it suggests that the offensive line as a whole could be good. And the depth guys now are guys who started from them at times. So to me, that that's how the Vikings offensive line ends up, ends up being pretty good. Well, that, another part of it is what you mentioned there, that the backups that they have may not be great, but they're capable. And sometimes if you drop off from a, a good player starter yeah. to incapable, like Drew Samia last yeah. year, you see what happens. I mean, one player can take apart the whole thing. So even though... I know fans don't love Dakota Dozier, and they shouldn't as a starter. Previously, he was a fine backup offensive lineman who could just pop in for a game or two, and I think that in 2019 he did a good job of that. But, you know, they asked him to play the whole season last year. It's uh, just a, a really, really, really rough ride for him. But Rashad Hill you have. Mason Cole they went out and got, and as a backup, Mason Cole is probably fine, someone who's experienced that could play a couple games. What I think we'll see from rookies is probably inconsistency where one game might be pretty tough for Wyatt Davis. One game might be pretty tough for Christian Derrissaw. But if you're putting five guys across the line who are all top three round talents, your odds are good that talent will win out here, that this is not trying to just tape it together um, by getting people like Dakota Dozier and hoping the guy becomes Joe Berger because that's not really a very good play. Joe Berger was kind of lucky. Like this is a very good play to build an offensive line like this. Yeah, and we've seen like in your time covering the Vikings, right? Like the issue wasn't going into the season with Phil Odholt. It was getting him hurt and then having to start TJ Clemmings for 16 games. Um, the issue is almost never like, you know, the 2016 season where Andre Smith, you know, and, and Matt Khalil get hurt and you're starting – you know, uh, Jeremiah Searle's out of position or you're starting, you know, TJ Clemmings at left tackle this time. I will say another another feather in the Vikings cap, and, and this is something where I think their schedule gets hard at the end of the year. But come going in, starting out, you have Cincinnati, who's not a terribly good defense. Arizona does have J.J. Watt and uh, Chandler Jones, who are good. But then you have Seattle. Cleveland's got a good defensive line. Detroit doesn't. Carolina doesn't. And Dallas doesn't. So you look at the beginning schedule, you can get off on the right foot for them um, and, and maybe that it builds that confidence. It's sort of, you know, it's a low stakes place for the offense to find out how they can work with an offensive line with a bunch of young players. Okay. I like it. I think you did a good job there for your first talk me into it. I'm not completely convinced because I do think there will be some rough patches, but a great point though, for these guys first experience to go out there against Cincinnati is kind of what you would want. Like Carl Lawson doesn't even play there anymore. I'm not sure if they have a single super dangerous player on their front four at this point. So, all right, your one, your first for me, what am I talking you into? Okay. Talk me into Chad Beebe as the Vikings wide receiver three. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Well, all right. So one thing that I will give Chad Beebe is that, Short spaces, and I don't mean that to make fun of his height. I mean short routes, small spaces. The guy legitimately gets open. And you even go back to his first NFL catch, was on a fourth down where he was in the slot and he was lined up one-on-one with somebody and he made a quick break. And he has incredibly quick feet and he got open and he made an eight-yard catch. And when you look at this offense and, and what they have, if everyone is healthy, And sort of my wide receiver three-point has been fundamentally about the health of the other two wide receivers. If anybody goes down, then Chad Beebe, I can't talk you into him being wide receiver two. But talking you into wide receiver three is, can you create sort of specific roles for these guys? So BC Johnson is probably just going to be odd man out. But if you have someone emerge as somewhat of a deep threat that you can mix in, and you have Chad Beebe who can come in and be this underneath guy. So let's say it's third and six and he gets you seven because he could get open in short area. The other thing is too, that he is more experienced. And I, I, what we see with Mike Zimmer is that guys with experience just seem to gel better with Zimmer. And I am no longer into only talking about the offense as belonging to the offensive coordinator. The offense belongs to Zimmer over these last couple of years. So he's going to, play who he wants to play on the offensive side. If he trusts Chad Beebe enough to have him for wide receiver three, uh, and you're only talking about 20 to 30 targets for the wide receiver three, and Tyler Conklin is mixing in, and maybe you're using running backs a little more out of the backfield in the passing game because I think Gary did not use them as effectively as Kevin Stefanski the year before. 
Um, then you're talking about the bigger situations. You have your two receivers who can do anything. Irv Smith, who could go down the field. It was 10th in yards per catch last year for tight ends. And, and a guy who does one thing well. Yeah. I, of course, think they should have gotten someone else. I still think they should have gotten someone else. Um, and, and we've talked about it a lot on the show. But if BB does that one thing well, it could be fine. The Vikings' best option for wide receiver three is Adam Thielen, unfortunately. And the, and, and, but that sort of underscores the fact that they don't have wide receiver two uh, sort of working its way. I think Thielen would have a Thielen, – Thielen's chances of taking his career five more years as opposed to a couple more years is to get to 30 snaps a game, playing from the play, using his versatility, using his you know craftiness and speed. I mean, he still is really fast. The the issue I think is Viking Vikings fans who have watched the team draft Randy Moss, who have watched the team play Anthony Carter, Jake Reed, Chris Carter, uh, and now Justin Jefferson replacing Stephon Diggs. The league is built off of receivers that do one or two things well and play good roles. And the Vikings have never been that type of team. And unfortunately, I think that that curtails their ability uh, to to sort of deploy a wide receiver by committee, which a lot of teams do. Here's a question that I'll just say. I, should they be in the Julio Jones market? Well, cap space-wise, one of the issues is they've done everything. I mean, yeah, I don't yeah. know what there is left to do. I, if they could cut Harrison Smith or trade whatever, Harrison that, Smith, trade Harrison Smith, that would be very shocking. And yeah. I don't see like you're going to pry Harrison Smith out of Mike Zimmer's cold dead hand. So like, <laughs> I don't true. think I don't. He think... might be dead by the time you pry him out of Zimmer's dead hands. <laughs> right. So uh, he's going to hang on to Harrison Smith. You could trade Daniil Hunter. Um, maybe as part of a Julio trade. Yeah. I don't know, but that doesn't seem like a, a huge win for the Vikings necessarily with Julio's age and his health concerns. So how are you doing it is another question yeah. for should you do it? Should you do it? The answer is, oh my God, yes. Like, yeah. why would you, why would, like, think of this offense. I mean, Julio Jones, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and Irv Smith Jr. with Delvin Cook in the backfield is a Super Bowl team. I just don't know how you get them without sacrificing something significant that they wouldn't sacrifice, even though I probably would. Yeah, the, the, what you have to do if you're Minnesota, I agree with you on the cap stuff. But the reports out. I mean, what what day is it right now? It's June fourth. We Julio Jones had had been traded in most people's minds by now. The reports coming out that like teams like I'm not for it if you have to give up a one. I'm not for it if you have to take on all of Julio's money. But if Julio's still disgruntled and doesn't want to play in Atlanta, I mean, I think the the right solution for Julio is to play in Atlanta for one more year. Um, but if he is dead set on not playing in Atlanta, but the rest of the teams in the NFL are saying we'll give you a two and we'll make Atlanta we'll make Atlanta pay for part of that salary. Like that to me is how Minnesota could sneak into this argument. But nonetheless, well, let, let me respond to that real quick. Um, the one case to do it for a one for next year is that you have your offensive line built. You have your receivers set. You have your tight end in a pretty good spot. And your quarterback is capable if given all these things yeah. of taking his game to a higher level. I think even if he's 2016 Kirk in Washington, where he had kind of a perfect scenario, that was one of the better expected points added passing offenses. Yeah. Um, in, Pierre in, Garcon in was like a, a poor man's Julio in that offense. And I think, you know, obviously Julio would be uh, the exact version of Julio in <laughs> right. if acquired. So, uh, but also if you're Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman and you look at that and you go, like, why the hell not? I mean, <laughs> yeah. everyone's talking about our jobs being up for grabs anyway. And if Julio comes here and he gets hurt, then we're going to go nine and eight or something. And what's the difference? Yeah. But if Julio comes here and plays 15 games or 14 games and is dominant as he always is, and Adam Thielen is a slot receiver, you could win like 14 games if you're the Vikings, if you have Julio Jones. I think there would be that big of an impact on the offense because we've talked about this a little bit before. Being 11th as an offense is okay. It's fine. You're never going to go 2-15 and 15 by being 11th. But the way to really win, and I, I checked on this the other night, every team since 2015 that went to the Super Bowl had a top five expected points added passing offense. You want to get there? I mean, I think Julio legitimately could take them from 11th to being one of the three or four best offenses in the NFL. 
Yeah. So, so is that that's like a talk me into Julio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talk. I'm also talked into Julio. This started with Chad Beebe, but I'm talked into Julio. All right, let me throw one back your way, and then we can go. There's some other ones from not just the Vikings uh, that I that I want to get to, and I want to start with this one um, that is like connected to the Vikings. Talk me into it being fine that the Vikings did not make a better effort to get Justin Fields than just going well below the Justin uh, or the um. The, uh, you know, the, yeah, the yeah, chart, they, the yeah. chart, the chart, whatever it is, the uh, Jimmy Johnson chart. Yeah. So talk me into somehow that being a good idea. Yeah, I feel like the the Vikings effort to get Justin Fields is like very similar to like not getting reservations on your anniversary, but like taking your wife to the to the or let's say Valentine's Day where it's like packed. You take your wife to like the restaurant and you're like, oh, sorry, honey, it's a 50 minute wait. And it's like, well, no, but you should have got reservations, dumbass. And like, so like, I, the Vikings sort of like, like tried, like they played just a tip with trying to get Justin Fields there, but obviously, like they weren't willing to like throw in an extra fourth. Like, I don't get it. But here's the part I do get, and I will defend the Vikings in this sense. It's the same reason why Atlanta didn't do it. The Niners traded so much for the third pick that any trade up for a top 10 pick was going to look minuscule by, by, by comparison. So Atlanta was never going to get something for the fourth pick that looked anything like San Francisco got for the third pick for Trey Lance. And by extension, Carolina similarly, right? And so Atlanta has two more years of Matt Ryan. All the edge with a rookie quarterback is generated by playing him for less than $10 million a year as opposed to teams like Detroit, Minnesota, paying their guy $35 million a year. Kirk is not going to be supplanted for a rookie quarterback in year one. So you're already giving up 25% or 20%, depending upon if you extend him for the fifth year, of that edge right away. And then we're seeing this with Green Bay. We saw it a little bit with Alex Smith in Kansas City. When you draft that guy, you are – you are the only thing that that helps you in that subsequent season is for the guy to have a career year, which Kirk has already had the last two years. So it would it was going to be an awkward situation. Every single year we say, yeah, but the next quarterback class is going to be butt. But like Zach Wilson comes up one year, Joe Burrow comes up the next. So like I'm I'm at peace with it if I'm a Vikings fan. If I'm confident that they're that they're willing to take the step next year when it's more when it's more uh, natural for them to move on from Kirk. This year was a little bit awkward. Still should have done it, but I can see why not. Okay, I'm not talked into it, but you did a good job. Um, you know, and really the best part of what you did there was you didn't make it about Justin Fields because I think that sometimes yeah. fans have a tendency to say, oh, well, it's okay they didn't trade up for Fields because I don't like this about his game. And those, and those are where, like, those things I just don't accept. And, and this was with the Mac Jones thing, too, where it's like, I just don't accept that you can scout Mac Jones. I, I do accept that the NFL can. I don't accept that I can or that you can effectively. The whole league, though, and the New England Patriots, though, deciding he's a first-round pick, um, that is more convincing to me about what he could be in the NFL than it is for you to say, oh, I don't like his footwork in the pocket yeah. or something because I watched him on television. And so, you know, you're not really making it about fields. He's clearly not a perfect prospect, though, or he would have been taken at the very top. Um, someone told me the epilepsy thing mattered to some teams, so maybe the Vikings had a couple of concerns and said, all right, well, it's not worth giving up the farm for. There are also reports, so this is an interesting thing. There are also reports that the – the coaching staff out of Georgia were saying bad things about him. Now, you can ignore the Georgias of the world, but they are a they are a team that there are they are a team that produces a lot of NFL players. So here's the thing. If you go against what Georgia says, then the next time you actually want information on a player, Georgia might be less reticent to give it to you. So there are there are interpersonal things or issues here. Right. Um there also were reports that he was second on Jacksonville's board, which says, right. you know, so like yeah. there are there are interesting aspects of it. The Mac Jones thing, like I'll say this about the Vikings. The Vikings should have taken Mac Jones at 14. I think the Vikings did the best they could conditioned on not taking a quarterback. Like I thought the yeah. trade with the Jets was terrific. I thought the draft pick of Darishaw was awesome. If you were just like with uh, Kyle Pitts to Atlanta, if you're not going to take a quarterback there, that's the best thing you could have done, but you should have taken a quarterback. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, and you know, here's one other part of it though that I would in 
you talking me into it, but me like talking myself into it as well, is there will be someone else next year who is available as a quarterback if you want to move on. I don't know who it is, but it will happen. It'll happen. Yeah. And we, you know, like no one saw Tom Brady to the Bucks coming at the end of Brady's time in New England. Like when that season ended, was that 2019 season ended? No one said, oh man, look out for them Bucks and Tom Brady to get together and go win a Super Bowl. Uh, I think that, you know, most people said, oh, he'll, ba- he'll be back. He'll be back with New England and, and so forth. Uh, so a lot, a lot changes yep. from year to year. And so if the Vikings do want to move on from Cousins eventually, someone else will be there. The other argument would be, too, that, look, the Bears were able to get their hands on a quarterback who's really good by trading up. So if the Vikings are drafting 20th next year, and if they're drafting any later than 20th, then Kirk probably played really well. So there's like this sweet spot of you probably can make this happen for whoever is there next year. There's also quarterbacks like Mac Jones that emerge that we don't expect. And so that's another part of it. All right, what's what's Take, your, that takes me to my next your point, next one. my next one, which is talk me into another Kirk Cousins extension. <laughs> oh man, uh, okay, okay. Let's see. All right, I've got it. So the team right now, I think I saw this somewhere, is the sixth youngest team in the NFL. And even if you pull up their roster, which I have somewhere here on my internet. Um, it's incredible to me when you search it by age, how few players are actually old for the Vikings. So you have their punter, their long snapper, Harrison Smith is 32. Uh, they have Adam Thielen at 30, Patrick Peterson at 30. That's it. That's 30 year olds for the Minnesota Vikings. So if I'm talking you into an extension, it's, it's look, you're going to actually have a lot of good players who are on their rookie contracts still, including Justin Jefferson, including Christian Derrissaw. I mean, that's your left tackle and your number one wide receiver right yeah. there. You drafted one good t- uh, cornerback, I think. We'll see if the other one is in jail or not. Um, we, we really don't know with Jeff yeah, Gladney, yeah. but right now it's not a great situation. But you have at least one. Uh, you've had, a, I mean, just a ton of other draft picks who – we saw the last time around when they emerged as a team where you had guys sort of surprise you yeah. fifth round draft picks who all of a sudden become good and that kind of thing. Eric Hendricks is still an elite player. So if you decide again next year to focus the draft on just making yourself better as a defense with uh, assuming an extension has to go along with him playing good this year. There's like no other way I can work with this. I can't say, I can't say that they go five and 12 and then extend him. So that would be contingent on you had a good season. You could be looked at because of the age of your team and the players on rookie contracts as that sort of makes up the difference. And you can even trim the fat a little bit after this year, like Anthony Barr uh, leaving. They started that process with Kyle Rudolph And so this is a completely turned over roster around Kirk Cousins. Um, You you could get to the point where you have another 2017 season. And this is the history of the Vikings is basically a roster rises and peaks and then gets old and falls and then does it again. Why wouldn't that happen again with Kirk? If you get the peaking roster with a bad quarterback, if you draft one and it doesn't work out, then what do you get? Then you blow it. Then you blow a great roster with bad quarterback play, which is actually what we saw from Chicago the last three seasons. So the sort of guarantee would be on the box for what you're going to get at quarterback. How's that? I don't hate it. Um, They will have – I mean, they're not like in salary cap hell going into next year, but you do have – I mean, so the issue is what has to go right for this to make sense for the Vikings? I think you have to hit on Dantzler. You have to hit on Hunter, which is not clear to me. Mm-hmm. The problem with the Hunter thing is it's catch-22. If you if you let him go, like you do get some cap savings, but it's not actually that much. And, and you don't have a, an NFL-caliber defensive end on the rest of the roster, unfortunately. So you have to hit on – you have to hit on – you know, one of those linebackers that's young, you have to hit on, you know, a corner and Dantzler. You have to get one of these lower drafted edge players to work out. You have to get the offensive line there. And like, then it's like, okay, you have to go Brian O'Neill and Kirk cousins. And I just think that gets a little bit of a squeeze. Mm -hmm. Plus you also need this. And I think you brought it up, which is great. 
unlike with the quarterback discussion with the draft, this is very specific to this quarterback who, as much as I'll rip him, has had two straight seasons that you can consider pretty damn good. Yeah. And the problem is, is when you have a quarterback who is sort of in that second tier, the the great years, as we've seen with Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff and all those guys that are sort of in that tier, to expect him to continue to get this good it is a is to me a bridge too far and so it's probably going to end up where he plays well but not well enough to and not and not all these coins come up heads um here right so you basically have to have like it, it would it would have to be like a Derek Carr 12 and 4 season yes. and then when that happens you have to win <laughs> yes. right and and so that, you, that's a huge point like right. you make a great point about that the the when I look at teams like the 2017 Eagles, so everybody looks at the Eagles and is sad about what happened. I'm happy about actually what happened because when it was their year, and there were still a ton of injuries, goddamn, they won, yeah. right? When it was like 2019 Ravens, it was their year. They're fucking 10 one hundredths of an expected point better than anybody in the league, and they lose to the Titans. When it's your year, you gotta win, and that's like been the biggest issue with the Vikings is when it's their year, they've lost the last three times, and then they chase. And then it's like, okay, what are we supposed to do here? That, to me, again, I think that the most likely outcome is Kirk's not quite good enough. Mm -hmm. But, you know, enough of these draft picks it to be encouraging. But fans might not like it, but then it's, it's go back to the quarterback well at the draft. And there is another point to say that, look, I mean, if you draft a quarterback who turns out really well for you, and then your roster peaks, but you also have money to yeah, fill in yes. every gap. Like that's where that's where the Philadelphia Eagles they had a bunch of draft picks that worked for them, but also added Elshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith, who was big for them, and, and Patrick not, Robinson, right, and, exactly. and, and they were and they they were able to supplement. Chris Long was a backup on that team. Um, Jordan Hicks was good, and uh, you know they had they as you said they got a JHI in the middle of the season. Like they could just right when you hit on a quarterback. You know, all these things can be added to the roster because you have so many more resources. Kansas City, Sammy Watkins was a $16 million player as their wide receiver three. Like, right. you know, and that happens when your quarterback's good. And and more importantly, you're, you cut bait on the older veteran quarterback when, when it's time. All right, talk me into the Green Bay Packers still being dangerous at all if Aaron Rodgers is a Bronco. Okay, for the record, I don't think he's going to be traded. I think he's either going to retire or he's going to play for Green Bay. Okay, but still. But um, if Aaron Rodgers is traded, yeah. talk me into some reason why okay. I or Vikings fans should be concerned still about the Green Bay Packers now and forever. I mean, it could be now and it, it could be also the short and long term. Okay, um, here's, here's what I'll say. Why did the Packers draft... Why did the Packers draft um, Jordan Love to begin with? Why did they trade assets to draft Jordan Love? I would assume because they believed he'd be their future quarterback after Aaron Rodgers left because Aaron Rodgers was fading at the time. Exactly. So that's what I'll say. So that team in 2019 was 13 and 3. Now they had the point differential of a 10 and 16, all that kind of stuff. But even if they were just a 10 and 16, they, they meet your requirements here. I think Matt LaFleur is a pretty dang good coach. And I think like they have a good, last season they had the most valuable corner in the league, the most valuable safety, the most valuable left tackle, the most valuable center, now the center left, and the most valuable wide receiver. There's some good talent on that team. Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, they've given the Vikings fits over the years, are very good players. Rashawn Gary was a good draft pick. Um, and Rodgers, as good as he was last season, he was worthy of a quarterback for whom a team was trying to move on. If Jordan Love is 80% of what Rodgers was in 2019 fundamentally, that Packers team could still win 10 games. Right. Like I I think that that you know, last in last season it, the division's so bad, right? Like uh, you know, that they that they could still win that many games even if Jordan Love is QB. I don't see it happening, but like that's the that's what you have to that's the bet you have to make. 
Hey everyone, summer is here and you're trying to get out on the golf course, but if you're like us here at Purple Insiders, spending all day golfing isn't always an option. That's why you need to check out Birdie Golf in Woodbury. I'll give you an example. My wife is new to golf and she's intimidated by the big courses, but at Birdie Golf, she could come and play without the pressure. You can make golf a family experience at Birdie Golf. Bring the kids, still get all of your swings in. They have eight of the world's best golf simulators where you can sharpen your swing and still have a great time. I've heard from several listeners to the show who have tried out Birdie Golf and absolutely loved it. You'll want to try the whiskey or beer float flights. And every time Sam and I show up at Birdie Golf to record our podcast, we always get the boneless wings. Make golf a night out. It's the perfect place to hold parties, events, fundraisers, and even your fantasy football draft. Check out Birdie Golf at 494 in Valley Creek in Woodbury, just a short drive away from anywhere in the Twin Cities metro at birdiegolf.com, B-I-R-D-I golf.com. Call 651-998-2200 today, and I'll see you there. Folks, if you are pumped up about how the Vikings did in the draft and now the schedule's out, it is a great time to get yourself a Skull Flag or Bud Grant shirt. And of course, there's much, much more if you go to sodastick.com, S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K.com. Check them all out. And if you use the promo code Purple Insider, you can get free shipping on all your original Minnesota sports inspired goods. And if you're ready for the summer months, we're going to have hockey playoffs so you can get your dollar bill krill shirts. And if you're a golfer, you have to see the Minnesota golf hats. They are classic. All of Soda Sticks apparel is screen printed here in Minnesota on super soft, super comfy shirts and hoodies. You will love it. Follow them as Soda Stick co on twitter go to sodastick.com for your original minnesota sports inspired goods code purple insider for free shipping yeah uh i again i think you tried hard um i it's really the only thing that i think vikings fans should be afraid of is fear itself (laughs) is that look the last time this happened i you told this story on your podcast the pff forecast podcast about like celebrating Favre's exit from Green Bay and just being like, oh man, that will never happen again. Like, oh, you tortured me for so many years and now this other schmo is going to come in here and there's no way he's as good. And then he turns out to be as good. Uh, If not, I mean, better. Probably better better at some times in his career. So um, that part of it, if you're a Vikings fan who's always thinking of the worst possible outcome, (laughs) you're thinking... Like this Utah State clown who can't even throw accurate passes in college is going to come in here and become the next, you know, Patrick Mahomes. And then you're going to have, um, you know, that that just continue. I, I think that Vikings fans should be far more worried about um, Justin Fields yeah. being in their division than they should Jordan Love based on both players' histories. And they should actually be a little afraid down the road of Detroit uh, blowing up and then drafting high and then getting a, a number one quarterback and then having a bunch of good quarterbacks, even more than love. The reason I still am not talked into this being concerned about it is this year they could win the division. Their cap situation long-term is not great. They signed a running back to a contract that I don't think is a good idea. They've not drafted particularly well. I don't think, um, you know, defenses are fragile as you guys talk about all the time. Again, even if Matt LaFleur is a good coach, I don't care how good of a coach you are if your quarterback is not really good and your roster fades and look like David Bakhtieri is not going to be elite forever, right? So I don't think they're – I think they're a threat to win the division this year. And then everyone would say, oh, oh, they won 10 games. They're going to be ascending. And I'm not sure that's really going to be the case long term if Jordan Love even is just like middle of the road. However – uh, the Vikings found ways to lose to Mitch Trubisky, so you never, you never, you never do know. Um, all right. Yeah, the, so the history um, of the Vikings losing to bad quarterbacks in this division, maybe not from Detroit, as as Kirk uh, Kirk Kirk has slayed Detroit in the past. Um, okay, I'm actually right on the same wavelength as you, and I think this is this is going to stretch you a little bit. Talk me into the Detroit Lions winning the NFC North in 2021. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Uh, wow. So, all right. Zombies attack. They come up from the dead and they eat Kirk Cousins' brain. And so he is a vegetable and Kellen Mond isn't ready. So um, Jake Browning starts. And then Justin Jefferson decides that he's afraid of the zombies eating his brain. So he retires. 
And then the Detroit Lions win because they're the only team left and there were zombies in Minnesota. Um, no. Okay, I, I can do this. I can do this. So they won five games last year. Matt Patricia's terrible. With the worst coach, the worst coach I have ever seen. Now, I didn't see Les Steckel or whatever the hell his name was, but like there is there, it, there was a stat for the Lions that their defense over the last three years allowed not only the highest quarterback rating in the NFL over the last three years, but by like eight points from the next worst, which was Houston. This is one of the worst coaches in National Football League history, considering he had a decent quarterback, good weapons on the offensive side, and enough defensive talent, some of it which ran away from him, uh, enough defensive talent to be competent. And not only were they not competent, the Lions were a laughing stock because of their coach to the point where Darius Slay is like telling people how funny it was that they wouldn't play anything except for the same coverage all the time. If Dan Campbell comes in and I know that everyone's making fun of him for like all oh, the kneecaps and he's wearing a racing helmet. If Dan Campbell and his good staff of competent coaches can take the talent that they had at someone like Jeff Okuda, who's a disaster. Well, okay, well, now he's got a coach that makes sense or, like, knows what he's doing. If they can take that, and then Jared Goff, who I think is a little unfairly criticized, is similar to Matt Stafford, who is the most overrated quarterback of my lifetime. And they won five games last year. Is Is there a difference there of, like, four games and then the division isn't that good? No, probably not, but maybe. Like, the, the offensive line is decent. They've got a decent running back. Like, could they possibly put together this 15th best defense, 15th best offense type of thing, get a couple of good field goals from Matt Prater from 70 yards away, and and win a division that's not going to be good if Aaron Rodgers retires and the Vikings go 8-9 because of some injuries? Like, is it possible? Like, Yeah, it actually is. Sure, Matt. yeah, like, sure it is. I'll say, I'll say it. They have the best offensive line in the division. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, Taylor Decker's a good football player. Panay Sewell is the best offensive lineman in the draft. Frank Reg now just got a contract extension. Um, Jonah Jackson's fine. And you look at that offense, and of course, they're weak at past you know, targets, but Brashad Perriman, Brett Perriman's son, it was a former first-round pick. Tyrell Williams is a one, former 1,000-yard receiver for the Los Angeles Chargers. Khalif Raymond, as Vikings fans know, is a good deep threat. And on offense, they have DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, guys who can play running back pretty well. And I love on, that you remember Khalif Raymond's big play against yeah, the, yeah. The, the Titans or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you look at the defensive side of the ball, Trey Flowers, Michael Brockers. There's, a, there's this guy on the team named John Pinasini, which has got to be the best name. Uh, he plays defensive I don't tackle. think you could say that on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, true. And Jamie Collins is a good linebacker. Jeffrey Okuda is a top uh, three pick that could come around. They obviously have flaws for sure. But if you catch the right variance and the rest of the division is bad, it's not like Jared Goff is Spurgeon win. He's like he's right. a he's a middle of the pack quarterback. They have TJ Hawkinson's a top ten pick. Like it we've seen that the year that the the Buffalo Bills tried to tank and made the playoffs, I mean, Anthony Lynn was the offensive coordinator for that team the year before. Like there the, you could do worse than the Lions. That being said, I do think they tank, but they they're not gonna be like this easy out like they've been the whole Kirk era. There's no question to me that this team will be more challenging defensively for everyone than it was because you can't get worse. Like that is historically bad for Matt Patricia and the Lions. So even if Aaron Glenn takes them to being a middle-of-the-pack defense, which I think you can do in a single year, the Vikings are hoping for it, to go from the worst defense to middle-of-the-pack or a little better, um, then I just I don't understand. Like Maybe some X's and O's people yeah. will have to explain to me why Jared Goff sort of gets the flack that he gets. I don't think he's got good weapons here, but the offensive line with the Rams was really good in those first couple of years. And when he had time to throw, just like Kirk Cousins, he was fairly accurate down the field and he won a lot of dang football games. Like, I I don't know when a guy has the ceiling of someone who could take you to the Super Bowl. I don't say you're going to win two games. Like, I think you're going to win more than that. And I just have, I also have respect for the fact that he like broke his hand last year, kept playing, won a playoff game. I know that defense was a big part of it, but 
I don't think Jared Goff's a joke at yeah. all. So if I'm talking you into it, then I guess that's probably the best I can do. Speaking of players who have played a lot of playoff games in recent years, uh, breaking news here, the Vikings have agreed to terms with Bashad Breeland, yeah. cornerback, yeah. Kansas City Chiefs. This won't be breaking news when this is published. Yeah, so but, but it was breaking news. But I think that's interesting, certainly. Um, uh, it's a good choice. I Yeah. It's a very good choice. Breeland, Breeland was always a guy that, People have found expendable. People think that the scheme helped him a lot in Kansas City. Um, but uh, not a bad signing, I think. It, it, it certainly, as you said, makes their defense less fragile. Hey, everyone. I want to tell you about our friends at Scout Logistics. And I really do mean it when I say friends. They are fans of Purple Insider over at Scout Logistics. And since they reached out wanting to support this show, I want to tell you about what they do. Scout Logistics is just-in-time transportation for full tractor-trailer loads. And if you're wondering what that means exactly... Well, if you own or work for a company that needs shipping solutions, they are the preferred carrier of Fortune 500 companies across North America, and we have quite a few of those in Minnesota, right? They can ship perishable, non-perishable, FTL or LTL, and they have on-time delivery rate of over 99%. So if you're like them and you enjoy the show and you have shipping needs, check out scoutlogistics.com or call 855 877-2688 extension 232 to connect with them directly to find out how scout logistics can minimize risk and overperform and go the extra mile for your company hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline Okay, do you have any more do you have any more for me? Because I have the ender. I have like Okay, I'll do one more. I have like the talk me into it of all talk me into okay. it. Talk so. me into Mike Zimmer getting a contract extension. Oh, th- to me this one's not not super hard. I mean, well he already did. So this is like, this is like, more of like talk me into like a 5-year like Brad Childress okay. post 20 2009 extension. If I'm talking you into it, well, that means it's like doing it at this moment is a little more challenging because of where they stand. But here, here's what it actually connects with. The last thing is like the Detroit lions had a very good and competent NFL coach in Jim Caldwell. And now look, Jim Caldwell is not a great coach. He was not like Vince Lombardi or yeah. something. I mean, but he's a good coach and he set a baseline for you of very uh, competent organizational functionality like you know so when you show up to be a minnesota vikings you don't you know or viking you don't get there and go oh my god what is what are you guys doing here or like what is this scheme we're playing what is this offense we're doing like you show up and it is a great defensive mind and it is an offense that can frustrate wide receivers for sure but at the same time it's also one that's very effective in the NFL. Half now. the offensive coordinators under Zimmer have gotten head coaching jobs afterwards. Like, it's, right? It, it you know it's it's not the most stable thing in the world, but it's not it's not like I have a lot of I have some criticisms of Mike Zimmer, but none of them are they. He's made the Vikings a joke. Right, right, right. That's yeah. the thing is, so you know where you're going to stand. You know that he knows how to do his job. You know that if you have the defensive talent that you have a chance to be the number one defense because he's going to be as good as anyone schematically. Uh, You know that he's going to lead an organization competently and that there's a certain standard that gets set under Mike Zimmer for his players that they uh, routinely reach. And we've seen many players maximize their talents and become all pros, pro bowlers, future Hall of Famers, potentially in the case of Harrison Smith. And when you look at a lot of the coaches that have won the Super Bowl, which is not the perfect way to do it, but it is a way to look at it, a lot of them didn't do it right away. A lot of them needed multiple years. Some of them needed their teams to kind of roster-wise go down and then peak back up. Like, he would not be at all, Bill Cowher comes to mind, 
Bill Cowher is a hard-nosed defensive guy that sometimes rubbed people the wrong way that could be, you know, he said that scowl and everything else, and my God, was he old school. He took Slash and made him into, like, an I-form, two-tight-end handoff guy and then said, oh, yeah, but go make us great plays, too. So Bill Cowher had plenty of criticisms, and what happened? He got the right quarterback and then he wins the Super Bowl. And so I think that if you're looking at Zimmer saying, do you want to move on from Kirk and draft someone else, but then have a new head coach that might be Freddie Kitchens or might be Matt yeah. Patricia or might be Adam Gase. It's always the next G or might be Zach Taylor, who I'm not convinced is any freaking good. Like, so I, you know, I think that, or Cliff Kingsbury, even, Oh, look at this big, sexy guy from college. Oh my God. Look how attractive he is. Great. He's not good, or at least at this moment, he's not. You know that Mike Zimmer is. Yeah, I mean, for every Dungy into Gruden, right, we see a number of, like, Childress into Frazier or, um, you know, Caldwell into Patricia. Like, we see a – and you're right. I mean, I think Andy Reid comes to mind, too. We're talking about a guy no Super Bowl wins until way late in his career. He was in a lot of uh, title games, but Zimmer has taken the Vikings to an NFC title game. Um, you even saw it with uh, Bruce Arians this past year. I think I was one, you know, admittingly, who I thought Bruce Arians was the underdog coach in every single playoff game this year. I thought he, except for maybe the Washington game, and, and ultimately he emerges. That That is the thing. I mean, I, th I do think bad coaching. So on one hand, bad coaching is, I think, a lot worse than great coaching is great. But Bad coaching is the fastest way to be bad, which is the quickest way to be where a team like the Jets is right now. We have a good young coach and a great young, you know, a good young quarterback prospect. To me, the risk of bottoming out in the NFL is not that high. So if you do so, even if you're like the Bengals and you had to slog through Zach Taylor for three years, you come out of it with a new head coach and Joe Burrow possibly, right? Like that might be worth it for a Minnesota team that has not had that young player at quarterback. Um, but you know, Zimmer certainly does get this year. All right, here it is. All right. The ender, the finale, the grand finale, some might say. Talk me into the Minnesota Vikings winning the Super Bowl in 2021. Actually, it's not that hard, right? Like, think about the Like, look, the Vikings are underdogs to make the playoffs in the betting market, I think, still. The, the money is coming on Minnesota. People like Minnesota in the betting markets. They always kind of have. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I think, is a little bit overrated there. But NFC, extremely flat. Tell me what. Tell me besides Tampa Bay, Matthew. What's an elite NFC team? A team where if they place Minnesota, the Vikings would be a touchdown underdog or more. Rodgers is not in this. Rodgers is like yeah. Assume Rodgers is gone, and even then the Vikings were only six point underdogs to Green Bay and Lambeau last year. I might say Seattle, a team they went twelve and four last year. Seattle is the third. Uh, highest odds to win their own division this year. That's weird. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's yeah, a good I, bet, by the way, if you I, want to. Yeah, I think that that's off. Um, I'm not ready to tell you Dallas. San Francisco, I would be if I knew for sure who was playing quarterback, but I'm not sure. I mean, this is a fair point, that so, there are so many what, teams that could go either way. What's the cocktail in 2017? It was Rodgers gets hurt, Packers aren't very good. Detroit, 9-7, and seven, but not really a – and the Bears are bad under John Fox and Mitch Trubisky – and the rest of the NFC is nowhere to be found, right? That's the cocktail for the Vikings. That was the cocktail back then. That is one now. And you think about it, okay, what if what if Trey Lance comes up snake eyes in San Francisco? That's not a great team. What if Matthew Stafford? I agree with you. I don't like Stafford long-term. I think the LA Rams are a paper tiger. What if that doesn't work? Okay, in your own division, you are the best. You are the favorite in your own division if they trade Rodgers. Point blank, full stop. In the NFC East, like, are you really scared of Ryan Fitzpatrick? Because that's the second best team in that division. Right. If you even count Dallas, who, again, no defense, good quarterback. Is he more of a Kirk or is he a Mahomes? He's a good question about Dak. And then if you look at the NFC South, yeah, certainly Tampa. But you look at Carolina's no, not good yet. Dysfunctional is all get out. New Orleans is starting Jameis or Taysom Hill. <laughs> and then you're talking about the Falcons who are about to trade Julio Jones. This conference is wide open. So you can make a case, as good of one as any, that you don't need somebody better than Kirk Cousins to win the Super Bowl in the NFC this year. And then once you get in the – look, once they get in the game with the Chiefs, they're 10-point underdogs. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, like, the the AFC is such like a 
it's sort of like in basketball when the West was such like a you know such a crazy conference and LeBron's teams would just co- coast through and every once you know, that's how they won the one series you know because they 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 weren't as beat up when they got to the Super Bowl. If the NFC is easy, the AFC you got to go through Buffalo, Cleveland, uh, Baltimore, Pittsburgh if you're if you're drunk, um, Kansas City. Uh, you know, this is a good con- like this is a good conference of teams. You might come out of the wash facing Cleveland in the Super Bowl, a tattered Cleveland, and you run through the NFC as the one seed if you're kind of lucky. So I do think this is a year that sets up nicely if the Vikings get get lucky. Well done, well done. I'm holding a microphone so I can't <laughs> clap. Normally, if I was on a Zoom call, I'd be clapping. Well done. Uh, yeah, I'll be. Uh... I'll be convinced when I see it, but yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> but but that's exactly right, and that's what makes this season so compelling. Is a there is a path. There didn't feel like one last year, really. Uh, B they have a lot of things that are sort of resting on this and resting on getting there. Cousins, Zimmer, like their futures, Spielman's future here. Everything is sort of culminating with this season and you have a chance and you made the moves to try and do it. And I still feel very strongly that there is going to be another one that comes like another move that changes this roster. That is not just Bashad Breeland, Breeland, which, Hey, I feel good about this. I predicted him to the Vikings like two years ago when he was a free agent. Like I've been waiting for this to happen. Um, So that's a, that's a good move for them. The other thing is, is, and I talked about this earlier in the pod, the schedule is also similar. Like, like we look at schedules as, Oh, this could be a really hard schedule. But the fact is, is if I have a schedule that people are saying is hard, I'd rather have one that people say is hard at the end of the year, because that's when injuries happen and the schedule doesn't look like what it looks like in June. Like their easier games are at the front end of the season. And if they start the season five or two or something, and then some quarterbacks get hurt, or some teams, you know, fall off, then all of a sudden that path I means Zimmer only has been Zimmer's teams have finished strong in all but one season. When, when he, you know, he's finished strong in 2014, finished strong in 15, um, 16 was the, you know, the if he as long as he stays away from the stuffed animals, he's probably fine. <laughs> 17, 18, they finished better than they started. 19, they finished better than they started. And 20, they obviously starting one and five and almost finishing 500. But they, so I, I think that they're, Again, I'm I'm more negative on the team than most, but I do think that there's obviously a path. Well done, sir. And this was super fun to be able to get together in real life, IRL. IRL. Here, and now we have to leave to get to the Lynx game. Um, but uh, there will be actually the next week after this, Sam Ekstrom is going to take over for a couple of episodes, and he's going to handle next week because I'm going on a little vacation. But uh, I appreciate your time, Eric great to connect with you and um man we need to bring this back like talk, talk me into needs to be a thing that we talk do. me into is great yeah great so feel free to use it and uh thank you all as always for listening and we'll catch you next time on purple insider